the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good holy Sunday morning with God. Good morning, God. It is your day, and it is very exciting on this uh, beautiful day known as a Palm Sunday to say again and again the Bereshit in the beginning. Today the Lord enters into Jerusalem. Today we hear from the Gospel of St. John being read in the West uh, in chapter 12, uh, followed by Psalm 24, um, verses 9 and 10, which read um, in the Gospel of St. John today with our prayer, we say, Six days before the Passover, when the Lord came into the city of Jerusalem, the children ran to meet him. In their hands they carried the palm branches, and with a loud voice cried out, Hosanna in the highest! Blessed are you who have come in your abundant mercy. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? He, the Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Hosanna in the highest! Blessed are you who have come in your abundant mercies. I want to greet everyone today. We have a very special guest with us today on the phone from Austria, believe it or not, is a wonderful friend of mine and a wonderful journalist, Susan Fox. Um, Susan, we're going to pray together, but first let me hear your voice. Say good morning to America. Good morning, America. It's wonderful to hear those American voices (laughs) in the radio station. How's Austria and how are the celebrations going on Palm Sunday? Well, you know, Austria and Paris are both in uh, longer lockdown. We've been in lockdown since before Christmas. And so uh, there isn't, we're not really allowed to uh, meet with very many people, maybe one other family in the home. Um, and um, so it's, it's a very limited activity for several months here. You know, um, on, on this day in the Middle East, uh, and I know I will introduce you properly, first of all, Susan is a former award-winning investigative newspaper reporter. She is a freelance writer and a blogger, a wonderful blogger, um, and a recent graduate of the Pontifical University, the International Theological Institute, with a master's degree in marriage and family. And uh, her blog, yes, for those who like to know, it's uh, Christ's in plural, faithful witness dot blog spot dot com. 
Christ with S you, at the end, faithful witness dot blogspot.com. And she has actually on her blog over 4.7 million page views since 2012. And uh, she's a wonderful mother as well. She was a former homeschooling mother. And uh, she writes about faith, about social issues, about economics, culture, religion, politics, poetry, and religious persecution in the Middle East. Which brings us to today's talk, Susan, um, about marriage and family. Um, What is your prayer for all the people who today in the world, whether in the Middle East or else in the world and in America and Europe, whether due to the COVID-19, to pressure, oppression, what is your feeling today? What would you like to share with the world? Um, my prayer would be that everyone can go to Mass. Um, unfortunately, I just noticed that in the United States that in March, very quick lockdown of all the Catholic Masses in the entire United States. And um, this is an article that came out and they showed how quickly it happened. And this is unheard of. Um, I don't know if people are getting Mac to Mass or not. Here at uh, the ITI, we've had a very special situation. We have multiple priests, and they're very committed to making sure we get Mass. So we have Mass Byzantine Rite, the traditional Rite, Roman Rite, and um, we have confession as often as we can grab somebody. So, um, so your message basically, do not on. give up. Yeah, keep praying. Do not give up on God. Do not give up on attending. Yeah. Because, you know, evangelicals, Protestants, denominationals, non-denominationals, um, Christians in general, Catholics in general, Orthodox, everybody is called on the day of the Lord to honor God and um, basically to invite the Lord to dwell with us and to pray. You know, in the Middle East, um, today's um, famous proclamation will be in the um, Aramaic language. It says, Tau Ahai. Um, I'm reading in Aramaic in the language of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, which means, uh, brothers, let us join and let us together chant in one voice, glad hosannas, and let us all rejoice. And you're right. It's a shame to see that how the COVID-19 and those restrictions have uh, and somehow scared the people and created a divorce almost, not only between family members, friends. I know that many elderly cannot even be visited by their own children. I know many families are now fighting over their vaccine, and I know you guys in Europe have a new vaccine. But we want to pray. How about you and me today? We bless all the branches in the hands of the people. We give them a little prayer because today people carry branches of olives, palm branches, and they're supposed to light a candle. May this candle bring healing. And how about we pray you and me? Would you allow me to pray with you? And then we go to our topic about the continuous, um, beautiful, remarkable visit and its impact of Pope Francis in the Middle East. Again, for those who are just joining us, this is uh, Susan Fox, a blogger and a journalist and a former award-winning for investigative newspaper reporting um, and she's with us joining us on this beautiful good Sunday morning with Father Andre from Austria in the name of the yes, Father, Father and of the you. Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen Jesus Christ Amen. our Lord the Son of God stretch forth your right hand and bless these branches here prepared for your people and the candles they carry, the clothing that they today wear in your honor as you enter as king of kings to Jerusalem to take possession of your city and to redeem us all. O Lord, 
of heavenly powers, the seraphim and the cherubim, the angels and archangels and all spiritual beings tremble before you. They cover their eyes before your majesty. They worship you with reverence and with awe and glorify you without ceasing here on earth. You are praised by infants, by children and all the faithful with shouts of Hushana. Hosanna, we implore you, O Lord, to pardon our faults on this holy day in your grace and to forgive our offenses in your mercy. May we live according to your will and find mercy and compassion in this world and be protected from all pandemics, from confusion, from sicknesses, from fights, battles, oppressions, and anything that could harm our bodies or our souls here and in the next. O Lord, our God. We ask you to extend your right hand and with your abundant mercy that you have shown us in your plan of salvation. Bless these branches that they may be blessed by those who carry them and let them bless the people who carry them and take them to their homes. May they serve to educate the children, to strengthen the young, to give dignity to the elderly. May churches, homes, monasteries, cities, states, countries, convents, all people be filled with their blessings. May they confirm the faithful in a true faith and in good works. And we offer glory, honor, and adoration to you, to your Christ, to your Father, and to your living Holy Spirit. God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Happy Palm Sunday to you, Susan. Again, this is Susan Fox yes. with Father Andre, and she's joining us from Austria. Susan, the elephant is in the room. I know we're going to talk about Pope Francis. i like for you to make a small opening statement first, and then I want to ask you okay. a question. All right. I just wanted to say that Pope Francis came to Iraq. Despite the COVID plague, which we've been discussing, two bombings, one by Iran militias and the other by the U.S., and the fear that his visit could worsen the COVID pandemic, the Pope endured enormous resistance and risked his life to make this historic visit. That is amazing. Why did he risk his life, Susan? Um, and what did he achieve, yes. honestly? What do you think he achieved three, four weeks after his visit? I asked um, the president of my university, um, President Rector Dr. Christian Altig von Herzl, um, <clears throat> this question, and he said he was making sure that Christianity does not disappear from the Middle East. When the Islamic State, ISIS, took over a large area of Iraq seven years ago, the West turned a cold shoulder to hold that matter. We basically ignored the genocide of the Yazidi and the Christian believers. But when the Pope went to Iraq, he put it on the map. He reminded the West that Christians are the original inhabitants of Iraq, Syria, and surrounding countries. Christianity, over 2,000 years ago, was born in the Middle East, and it belongs there. That's true. And, and he, many and people don't know this. I hope you can remind us again of this statement, and I hope many listeners are waking up on this Palm Sunday morning, joining you, Susan, from Austria, and listen to this. Would you please repeat what you just said? Christianity belongs to the Middle East. Can you repeat that? The Christianity was born in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, actually even sooner if you consider our Jewish heritage. Correct. And it belongs there. We are not alien invaders in the Middle East. We are not, you know, somebody who moved there afterwards, but we were actually there first. And um, the Catholic Church, what uh, Dr. Herzl said was, the Catholic Church is not going to sit by and watch Christianity rooted out for good. So we're going to stay. 
That is amazing. And we're going to ask people, you know, people can go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and um, on, on our website they can see the update uh, um, of our work and of our appeals. You know, we just sent about two weeks ago um, eight new oxygen machines to help people um, being relieved from the COVID-19. We have appeals to feed 500 families from the Syriac Orthodox um, Church in Beirut and in Mount Lebanon. These are um, Iraqi families, Syrian families, Lebanese families. We are asked also to feed another 800 families in the area of Mount uh, Lebanon Biblos area, the one of the oldest continuously populated cities in the world. You know, uh, Susan, uh, Pope Francis uh, did a journey through the pearls of Babylon, right? Through the mm-hmm. pearls yes, of Babylon. Um, uh, there is a treasure in Iraq. What is the treasure of Iraq, Susan? The treasure of Iraq is its martyrs. Pope Francis spoke where the church bloomed with its first fruits of the third millennium. When he walked into his first public meeting, for instance, in the Syrian Catholic Cathedral of Our Lady of Salvation in Baghdad on March 5th, everyone remembered the 48 blossoms, ordinary lay Catholics, including two young priests, a pregnant woman and two small children, who were killed at Mass on October 31, 2010. Correct, correct. And Father Raghid was my friend. We graduated together from the University of Castile in Lebanon, by the way. Five five ISIS terrorists stormed the cathedral, wounded many people, killed the 48, and little three-year-old Adam shouted at the terrorists, enough, 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 before he was killed himself. I want to read a little quote from you from Father Luis Escalante. Yes, please. Who worked on the diocesan phase for the beautification of these martyrs. Okay, go ahead. What Which the say? Holy Father, I think, is moving forward with the beatification of these martyrs, whom yes. I had the honor to know one of them, um, Father Raid, who was the main priest at this beautiful uh, um, uh, church in Baghdad. And, you know, before you read this quote, Susan, here in Lakewood, in Denver, we have a local family that we have been helping for four years in a mission of hope and mercy. Actually, the son was in the rubble of this massacre. And then he was also in another suicide bombing it's a very massive story, um, a horrible story, but a lot of hope. And uh, the, son, the, the man is now about 25 years old. He just got married, believe it or not, and he moved to Michigan. But his mom is still on our radar. I want to greet her without saying names because for their safety and for the safety of the work of the Mission of Hope and Mercy. But we know people who personally were in those bombings and were in these massacres, actually, namely in Our Lady of Najat. And I greet him. Go ahead and please read for us from Father Luis Escalante. Okay, little Adam, he said, basically, little Adam's shout was a cry of all Iraqi Christians who asked not to die, but to be accepted as human beings with their inherent rights. He said, in the 21st century, the Church of Babylon has been called to offer her children as precious pearls to the universal church. Amen. And the Pope was there, Father. He was there to receive the offering of the Iraqi church. But, um, he remembered them. Go ahead. Susan, do you think the Holy Father and the Vatican in general were as aware about Christianity in the West? You know, evangelicals, Protestants, pastors, ministers, uh, Orthodox. We can't put the responsibility only on the Pope, on the Holy Father, even synods of bishops in the world. Do you think before the Pope Francis's visit to Iraq, were they as aware of the persecution? as Absolutely. 
I read all the uh, Pope's talks about this matter. There was a ton of them just, you know, during 2014 and right after he was begging people to go help the people. And that was the thing about the tragedy is that, um, like, for instance, when they were uh, chasing out the people in Karakosh, he, there was no Iraqi government. There was United Nations in some places, but not Karakosh. And there was, um, um, you would call, it was, and there was no, and I even watched a clip from President Barack Obama, and he said, we are not going to be putting any boots on the ground. I, and did I, mean, have, very... I did have this conversation with the Peter Boyles and with the Chaldean Archbishop of Beirut, uh, Archbishop Michel Kassarji, last week on the show, and the Friday before that. I did tell Peter, and I did ask Bishop Kassarji, I said, if it wasn't for President Donald Trump, the former president of the U.S., who decided uh, decisively to stop ISIS, dismantle ISIS, and take them completely out, would have visited of Pope Francis to Iraq been possible. And, you know, Archbishop yeah. Kasarji said, of course, his work was, was instrumental in this, and he invited the current administration of our current president, Joe Biden, whom we shall greet and we shall pray for as well, him and his entire administration, to hold on mm -hmm. to this jewel, because Pope Francis, when he went there, he definitely celebrated martyrdom, but also he celebrated forgiveness, and he's shown a road map of a peace, love, and coexistence in the Middle East. Do you agree on that? And how do you think the American administration currently can pick up on that. Today is Palm Sunday. Is For God's sake, people are receiving Christ as he enters to Jerusalem as a king of peace. Do you think our president will be moved, uh, Susan? What is the message that he should catch from the visit of for and, and the message of forgiveness that Pope Francis laid in Karakosh? Absolutely. Um, the uh, message of forgiveness in Karakosh was... Um, kind of shocking because in Karakush, what happened was 50,000 people were suddenly forced out of their homes in a single night in 2014 by the advancing Islamic State. They were told um, that it was, and what unfolded was a humanitarian crisis like which I have never seen. The population was forced to run into a hot desert up a mountain, I think it was two or three days, and if you stayed in Karakush without converting to Islam, you would be killed enslaved or taxed by the ISIS caliphate. Elderly women in walkers struggle over the mountainous terrain, and lack of water killed women and children. And um, I mentioned to you earlier, I saw a picture of a beautiful young girl about nine years old who had been had her head knocked off. And um, she was somebody's beautiful little daughter, and they had dressed her that morning and thought, Oh, here's my lovely daughter, and she was beloved. You could tell she was beloved by the way she was dressed, and then her head was just heartlessly taken off. And um, I needed, I needed forgiveness. I needed to feel forgiveness when I saw the picture. I needed healing from that. You know. And you, the Pope you, you, said, "Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead." And the Pope said, "Absolutely," he said, "Forgiveness is necessary to remain in love, to remain Christian." He said this in Karakush, and. Now, it might not be so hard to say that when I'm talk, you know, spatting with my neighbor, but in Karakush, to say that, that was to say a lot. You, and, know, um, you know, Susan, I have to interrupt you here to just, like, remind the people that you are with us. This is Susan Fox, my special guest on this beautiful Sunday of Palm Sunday. Uh, Susan Fox is um, connecting with us directly from Austria. Uh, she's a Catholic blogger, and uh, she's a former award-winning um, for investigative newspaper reporting. And uh, I remember, Susan, in 2018, you came 
came to Denver and you did write an article about me, which I don't like to recall a lot because it, it, it recalls <laughs> my life. Uh, it's living in the age of <laughs> martyrs, I believe. And I, and I, when you came to interview me, I was a little bit surprised, but I told you, you know, pray the rosary, it feeds the world because this has been my experience. And now uh, in mm-hmm. the mission of hope and mercy, um, what we do basically, we try to feed the people in the Middle East. We try to tend to the people on the front line of persecution, um, save, aid, and educate about the Christian plight that is uh, happening in the world. And we tried now to send a message to um, our current president, uh, President Biden, and the U.S. administration, U.S. public officials, and all the people, religious leaders, for God's sake. I cannot tell you how disappointing sometimes, Susan, that many of the religious leaders would shut their doors, and I would send them letters, and I would tell them, please help feed those people, and they don't. Do you think those people will be moved to do a, a an, an action of kindness, a true action that is in somehow in line with what the Lord speaks in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was sick. I was oppressed. I was a stranger. I was naked and you cared for me. How can we move the hearts of religious leaders and nation leaders to the message of Pope Francis? How? Hmm. Well, that is a hard one, Father. Um, I think by telling the story, the people, if somebody had flown over with just a bottle of water for them, there wouldn't have been women and children dying as they ran for these caves. Um, if some, I mean, and throwing bottles of water down on the ground from an airplane is not going to endanger us going into war with anybody. I don't think, I think we should have risked at least that. Um, <clears throat> so, but we can donate to your ministry. Your ministry, I do that, and um, that gives me, you know, consolation that there are there are still people suffering in the Middle East, especially in Lebanon. That's true. And uh, Lebanon is is uh, in a terrible shape. I mean, I watched a film about it, and their um, their ATM machines are covered with paint, and the glass is all broken because they took the people's money. They had money in the bank. And the people were allowed to take out $300 every week for a while, then $300 every two weeks, then $100, then finally no money would come out, even though they had deposits at the bank. And so they're just furious, the people are. And the, the trash, they have nobody to pick up the trash. And the fishermen, when they go fishing, they only catch trash and dead fish. And the COVID and, is, doing, um, is doing horrible work in yeah, Lebanon. COVID's yeah, COVID's probably doing yeah. horrible work. They don't even have clean water in That's Lebanon. Susan, we, we have about one minute. We have one minute, and I love okay. for you to speak about that last message of Pope Francis in Erbil. Why was that last message so consoling? Uh, I know you told me a little bit about Oh, it. the one about mercy? Yes, the Erbil? one about mercy in Erbil. Okay, Correct. yes. Because the Pope said Christ is the power and wisdom of God, and he revealed his wisdom not by displays of strength, but by giving his life on the cross. Uh, the temptation to react to the wounds of war and violence, which is what happened to me when I had to read this stuff. With human, The temptation is to react with human power, human wisdom, and human anger. 
But Christ leads us along paths of providence. It's amazing, and it is so fitting with the Palm Sunday because the Pope went to the Middle East and he said, okay, Lebanon is an existential threat. Christians have almost nothing. They are being almost extinct, basically, and he promised to go visit Lebanon. In Iraq, he said, you guys are rejected, dejected, oppressed, persecuted. You have been raped. You have no homes. You have nothing. So there is nothing with you as Christians, but you have one thing, and you can bring richness to Iraq. I was shocked with his message. You can bring richness to Iraq. And I go, what kind of richness can, yeah. they, can they bring to Iraq? And he said, it's the Christian gospel. Just take the, bring the Christian gospel yes. to the entire world, basically. Yes. That's right. And he, he invited us at this point to rest in the wounds of Christ. Now, when you're looking at a picture of a beheaded little girl, that's about the only place you can rest is in the wounds of Christ. That's true. That's where you find peace. That's true. Susan, any last thought you would like to share with us uh, on this beautiful morning of Palm Sunday? I was going to say that God is the father of mankind, and that means that every human being can hunger and thirst for the one true God and find him in his own circumstances of life, be he Muslim, Yazidi, Yazidi, or um, Christian. Yes, he can find him. Whether they recognize him or not, however, it is Christ who picks him up and gives him the grace for their salvation to go on with the journey. That is amazing. And I want to tell you that the witness lady who spoke uh, Doha to Pope Francis in Iraq, in Karakosh, was the very first lady that we brought to to United States, to Denver, here with Salem Corporation, the media company on, on whom I'm broadcasting this beautiful early Sunday morning show with Father Andre. Good morning. Um, uh, good morning, Sunday, with Father Andre. Um, and it's amazing to see that this is a lady that they chose in Karakosh on that Sunday with the Pope. She gave her witness she said while she said while um, my son David is in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ I am trying I'm trying to spend my days here on earth forgive his murderers And this affected the Pope Francis a lot. That's amazing. Thank you, Susan Fox from Austria. I'm looking forward for Easter Sunday. I know you promised me we're going to have it. Uh, also from Austria, an expert in human rights and a great, great, great uh, man who worked a lot um, about the Christians in the Middle East and the history of a Christian Europe and religious freedom as well. This is Father Andre. want to thank you. And today on Palm Sunday, as the Lord enters to Jerusalem to start with his passion, we proclaim your most holy name, O Lord to our brothers and to our sisters in the midst of the assembly. We will praise you. May God bless us and happy Palm Sunday. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Father Andre.